Hello, and welcome to the Mapping the Doctrine of Discovery podcast. The producers of this podcast would like to acknowledge with respect the Onondaga Nation, firekeepers of the Haudenosaunee, the indigenous peoples on whose ancestral lands Syracuse University now stands. And now, introducing your hosts, Philip Arnold and Sandra Victory. Can you tell us about, uh, you've told me the story before, but I'd like our listeners to hear it, how you presented the Doctrine of Discovery, I think it was in Geneva, yeah, the I, UN, uh, and and there were, the audience there was very interesting. Well, at the time I said, well, this was 2001, 2001, I said, we can't, there's stuff going on here, they're acing us out here, you know, and we have to speak up about this, we've got to bring it out, and we had the information, we had it for years now. Uh, you know, it was 92 when Mike found it, and of course, uh, the work that was being done by South America was way before that. Right. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a secret. Right. But it wasn't displayed out either, and it certainly wasn't supported by com- cor- uh, corporations or, or countries, because it was their their hegemony we were talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're not going to get behind they're not, that. They're not, not going to be talking about that. <laughs> uh, and so uh, when we made that presentation, that was a, a compilation of, of all of that. And uh, and then I, I said, well, we've got to speak up. And we came in conflict with our own, our, our, our own uh, lawyer at the time. He was taking a, a, a modified position, and I said, uh, you, "You can't do that." I said, "We we have to stand the whole principle. You can't modify a principle. Mm. Just you know, if you try to modify, if you modify a principle, you don't have a principle. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah, there's no discussion. Mm. You either do or you don't. And and." Uh, uh, it wound up us uh, firing him as our as our counsel. In the long run, we just couldn't work together. And there are there are a number of native lawyers that are kind of on that in that group. I think. Probably. Well, you know, if if the issue I think that I saw was that if your foundational self is is. Uh, predicated on your beliefs, then those people who believe in Christianity, those lawyers, Indian lawyers and so forth, that's a leader. Mm-hmm. That's contrary. Mm-hmm. So the traditional people are few and far between. Right. But they're out there, mm-hmm. always have been, but their voice has been always suppressed. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are that voice. And uh, Onondaga Nation is total uh, the other way. We're probably the last group, along with the Tonawanda Senecas, the Tuscarora Nation. And now the the uh, battle is taking place with the Cayugas uh, mm-hmm. taking over, trying to take over the traditional chiefs. Right now, been going on for 30 years, mm-hmm. coming to a head now. Mm-hmm. 
but that's uh, the hegemony of, of uh, the federal government, U.S. government. Right. So things have changed. We, we now have a, a native person that's in charge of the, the uh, uh, interior. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's like being in charge of your jailer. Right. <laughs> you know, the interior has been just trying to get rid of us all these years. And the whole process has been to diminish the, the native voice. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it militarily. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing it piece by piece. It's yeah. been very persistent. But uh, here we are now. We're at, we're at, uh, uh, we're at odds with uh, the politics of humanity and the uh, reality of nature. Mm -hmm. We've affected the earth. Human beings have affected the earth to the point now where we're facing really um, point of no return. And that's very close. Mm -hmm. I keep hearing from uh, the powers that be, well, by 2050, we really have to do something. I said, mm -hmm. in the next 10 years, you have to do something. Mm -hmm. You don't do something within the next 10 years to sentence your own children to point of no return. Do you think, do you think that the connections are being made between the, you know, the genocide of indigenous peoples, you know, the doctrine of discovery essentially, and environmental destruction? Do you think people are making those, connecting those dots, which you have been talking about for, you know, forever? A long time, yeah, 60 yeah. years. Well, uh, it's, Finally, they're finally looking at it. They haven't made any real adjustment to it, and they're running out of time. Um, when we really got a, a close look at it, it was 1960, no, 19 for us. I remember when we got that visit, our traditional circle of elders has a, had a visit from uh, one of the native people of Greenland, mm -hmm. came to our meeting and said to us, I have a very urgent message. And we said, well, you know, we'll give you time to rest and get, get rested because he showed up at our meeting. We were held in Northern Michigan at the time. Um, I think on a Chippewa nation, I'm not certain at the details now, but it was up in that area mm -hmm. and it was hot. The meeting was in the middle of the, the summer and um, here comes a man. He was stripped to the waist and he was wearing leathers, clearly, and had a beard. Strong, strong looking individual, stocky. Uh, wanted to address the council. And that's who the man we call Uncle now. He's uh, he was a Nupiat from uh, Greenland. And he said, I have to talk to you. He said, the ice is melting. That was the year 2000, mm. the meeting. 
ice is melting, he said. Then he went on to tell us how fast, how serious it was. And so uh, we, we made the statement. So I said, okay, we have been, <clears throat> we have been asked to, to bring, a, bring a group of indigenous people to a big meeting at the UN, uh, sponsored by the world religions and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I said to them, I said, well, who do we bring? They said, money as you can bring. I said, from where? Everywhere. I said, who's going to pay for it? They said, we'll pay for it. So I got leaders from North, Central, and South America and then a couple, couple from Europe and, you know, some Sami people. Mm -hmm. And we went to the UN in 2000. And I made the statement to the UN at the time, the ice is melting. And that thing has been now kind of a, become iconic. It has. Mm -hmm. It's become iconic, the ice is melting. And uh, the man that I was working with, Hans Hassel, put it into an international form, and, and that's how it gets out, you know, the message. And, um, and 19 or 2000, here we are, 22, headed for 23, almost 23 years later. and. The ice is melted. Mm -hmm. There's no more snow on a Kilimanjaro. Gone. Mm -hmm. There's no more snow on the Himalayas. The snow is going on all the mountains around the world. And the ocean is warming up and the Gulf Stream is slowing down. And we're headed for serious disaster because we've affected our own climate We've affected what was working very well 60 years ago. We've changed that. And within the 70 years, from 1950 to this time, we've added 8 billion people to the world. All of this is coming to a head now. Mm -hmm. and, and, and what's going on? You got a war to Ukraine. Yeah. I got a, a fool like Putin, mm -hmm. who was an empire-minded throwback, throwback to the ideas of empire, trying to reestablish a process that's long gone. And I think uh, causing dismay around the world, I think even including China, I don't believe that they agree with what he's doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that uh, they were making their own way. To, their hegemony was with, with uh, uh, money and so forth. They were doing very well. They didn't need to have a war. <laughs> but this guy, you know, has thrown back to empire and caused all this problem. But maybe, maybe in the long run, if you step back, it needed that kind of a jolt to get people to wake up to the seriousness of the situation today. 
Maybe. Maybe it needed that big a, big a jolt to shake people out of their, you know, their bubble. Yep. So. Uh, famously, famously you marched in New York City, was it 2019? And you delivered another message to the UN, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and I was working with um, a young Leonardo. Um, Leonardo, yeah. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio, who, who is seriously approaching, has been working hard on on the on the hard issues, and he's uh, he's focused his work basically on the issue of oceans and water. Yeah. And uh, of course, that's where, foundationally, that, that's there's two things that you you need. You know, you need water. Mm. You gotta have water. If you don't have water, you're done. Period. And uh, and then the, you gotta have some kind of a, a a relationship with these powers of the universe itself that's positive. Mm. A positive relationship, not a negative one, which is just what the kind the world has right now. We have a very negative relationship with the uh, the powers of, of the, the universe. We're going against our own welfare, basically. Mm -hmm. I was driven by greed, and I think that the the proposition that was you know was presented to us in 1775 at a very important meeting that very few people know about. It's, it's in history, it's, it's, it's there, but it's not put out. It was when the colonies were deciding to make a stand against uh, their father, they said the king. And so they, were, they asked the Six Nation for a meeting because they knew that if the Six Nation took a side in this coming battle, whatever side they took was going to win. And both, they both knew that. King knew that, and, and the colonists knew that. So prior to this big fight they were going to have, they had to talk to us. So they asked for a meeting in 1775, and we had uh, this treaty set up uh, to discuss the issue and they wanted to present to us the situation that they were facing and they wanted to ask us for a neutral position. Can you, can you not get involved in this fight? Can you stand to the side? And interestingly enough, earlier that year, that very same year, the English Crown had met with our, our leaders uh, with the same request. Uh, we're going to have a fight, and our leader says, yeah, we've been watching it. We know it's coming. We're watching the whole thing. Well, we're going to have a fight, but uh, can you stand to the side? So both the Crown and the colonies asked us, because they knew that if the Confederacy took a side, that side was going to win. And they also knew that within our own confederacy of six nations, we had people heavily in favor of the king 
and we had people heavily in favor of the colonies. They knew that. And of course, uh, the council itself understood that. So the idea of that discussion of neutrality was something that was very practical for us. And we agreed, that's a good idea. You boys duke it out, and who's ever left standing will work with you uh, on the other end of it. We know the king, we know you, uh, we know you both well, and uh, this is a family fight, and everybody knows you, you want to stick your nose in a family fight to, to both turn on you. <laughs> so you boys duke it out, and we'll, we'll deal with it. That's, you know, of course. That kind of language is, is not what was used at the time, but it was. But the meaning of that treaty is very profound, and there's 24 pages of it, almost hour by hour, and it really relates everything. And it, I think, it is the seminal treaty of all treaties to illustrate the importance of the Confederacy, of the of and the whole structure of this uh, involvement of, of uh, relationships with the Western and uh, traditional nations of this country. Mm. Everybody should have that treaty. That treaty should be in every high school, every school, every university, every government in this country. Mm. Then, then there were factions that broke off from the Confederacy though, right? Like Joseph Brandt, sided with the British stepping away from the Confederacy stand of neutrality. And then oh. there were Oneida too, right, that sided with the Well, that's what I'm Americans. saying. I'm saying we, yeah. knew we, had, we had on the one side people who were heavy for the, for the British and right. people who were heavy for the Confederacy. That's what I just said. Right. And then the Revolutionary War, they blamed Brandt for siding with the British, and that's why Washington ignited the Sullivan-Clinton campaign because of Joseph Brandt. So it was all kind of um, a trap. No, well, it's not, not so succinct that as what you're saying. manipulated. Uh, it's um, not so succinct as what you're saying. Oh, I'm sure. But, but, the, but it uh, is complicated. Process, well, it was, it was clear that the Six Nation had the, the power of one side or the other. Mm -hmm. That was what most important thing, mm -hmm. and the uh, the agreement that was made in 1775 was violated by Washington. Right. It was violated by Washington because he said, "Well, you guys stay out of the fight," but then a runner came to Onondaga from uh, the Penobscot, Passamaquoddy Nations in Maine and said that Washington was up there recruiting fighters. That's how that started. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the runner came all the way down. I thought we were neutral. And it may be, if you want to give uh, some substance to Washington, it may be that he didn't know that our influence was that far. Mm -hmm. but when we, and that was our influence when mm -hmm. he said, I mm -hmm. thought we had, well, he meant the uh, Penobscot's Passamaquoddy's in Maine. I thought we had a, a, a neutrality. Uh. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, uh, Six Nation was speaking for 
hundreds of, of native people. Mm -hmm. You know, they were under a wing. Mm. I, yeah. I was in I was in London with uh, uh, Chief Shenandoah, Leon Shenandoah, and uh, Philip Deer. We were meeting. Uh, we were meeting with the Japanese uh, people. They were putting up one of the pagodas, mm -hmm. and uh, peace pagodas. And anyway, we had a we had a day off. And we're in London. So what do we do? I said, let's go, let's go to the uh, uh, museum, London Museum, see what they got on us. <laughs> uh, so we went. And uh, I remember when we came to the doorway, and uh, Philip Deere always had uh, a black hat, he always had a blanket, and he always had a ba braids, you know. Mm. And uh, I remember that <laughs> the doorman, as we came, as we came to the museum, he says, "Gore, it's sitting bull himself." He says. <laughs> <laughs> It was funny. And so we went in and I said, well, where do we go? I said, let's go to the maps. Let's mm. see what the maps say. Mm. And we found a map of, of the original uh, territory that the English map drew of our territory. And it started from Nova Scotia. Wow. And it went over to the big lake. And down the lake, and it came down the west side of what you call Michigan, Lake Michigan, the Mississippi, down to about Georgia, across Georgia, and back up. And it was saying, Haudenosaunee, with our proper name, Haudenosaunee, yeah. territory. And of course, that wasn't our territory, you know, but what they were noting was our influence. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the best way to uh, that I would say to to see that would be like if, if uh, our influence is like a, a red dye, then the dye would be very strong around the Great Lakes and where we are, and as it went out, fade, 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 fade to, mm -hmm. to zero. Mm -hmm. That would be the best way to look at it. Mm -hmm. And that, that would encompass all those territories. Right. Mm -hmm. Because we did have under our wing almost 85 nations wow. that, that we were speaking for and that they said uh, that, that their request that we speak on their behalf. Mm -hmm. And it would cover that kind of a territory. And uh, nobody that I know, you know, really studies the contemporary studies, the early 1600s, 1700s in their school. Not, just, right. not, just not covered. Right. And so they don't have that treaty, 1775. Mm. But wow. when you see that treaty, when you read that treaty, you will see how very, they had their hat in their hand when they came to us. Mm -hmm. wow. Because they knew we had the balance of power. And it's very clear in that treaty and the high level of language that was exchanged. Mm -hmm. Our chiefs could speak French, they could speak Spanish and they could speak English. And the rest of the Six Nation languages and probably more. Mm -hmm. Because they had to. Mm -hmm. 
They weren't saying, ah, oh, me Indian. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you see the, the level of discussion in those treaties. You understand how, how far advanced our people had to be to maintain that. Is there a, is there a, is there a name for that treaty or that meeting? Because I'm, th I'm thinking like earlier on, there's the Albany Plan of Union, there's a Lancaster. No. No, but it's not, it's not named like that or something. It's, it's been sat on, it's been hit on. I see, okay. But it is, the, it is I would say, of all the treaties. Hmm. That's the Seminole Treaty right hmm. there. Hmm. Because it was there that they both sides pleaded for our neutrality. Hmm. So it's a treaty of neutrality. Mm -hmm. We'll stay out of it. You boys duke it out. Yeah. But it's word for word, hour by hour. And there was a pre-meeting that was set up prior to that. And then even earlier last spring, our meeting with the British mm -hmm. on the same subject. Mm -hmm. A very busy year, 1775. It was the eve of the revolution. Yeah. But they could not have a revolution if Six Nations took the side of the British, they, mm -hmm. were, they were done. Mm -hmm. They knew it. Mm -hmm. They knew it. So they had to come to us with their hat in their hand. Mm -hmm. And they had to tell us, and they did. When you read that treaty, you'll see how they spent hours and hours explaining to us how badly they were being treated. And then they said in that treaty, they said in 1744, you advised us to make a union like yours. We are now taking your advice. Hmm. That, that is no casual, maybe yeah. the Iroquois had an influence with them. Mm -hmm. There was no, ca this was very specific. We are now taking your advice. Hmm. We're gonna make a union like yours. And they used all of our civilies, the mm -hmm. fire, of the, everything. Arrows. Everything. Mm -hmm. It's all in that treaty. Mm. That should be in every high school, every school, every university, and certainly in every senator and every congressman should be on yeah. his desk. Mm. So you wouldn't be in no USA today if we didn't agree there. Mm. Period. Wow. No, no discussion. They had their hat in their hand when they came to us. Mm. Yeah. Well, you guys stay out of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. They didn't ask us to fight with them. But they knew there was a split. Even within our side, there was a split. But we had a better handle on it than they did. Well, it's one of those things where, you know, we have, we have the, you could say, approved narrative settler colonial narrative, you know, of American history. And yet what's hidden from us at our own, ex at our own cost, I think, yeah. is the real relationships that were developed. Well, over, the real, four, over 400 years. Yeah. I, I mean, mean we, our, our relationship began with the Dutch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 1613. Mm -hmm. Finally, the Dutch came, well, they knew we were there. Everybody knew we were there. And that was uh, Captain Hudson going up the Hudson River, now the Hudson River, 
And imagine one, one captain goes up there one time, they name a river after him. <laughs> that river has its own name from us. The river that runs in both directions. Mm. That's the real name for that river. Mm. And it's which it does. Yeah, tide. tide goes all the way up to Albany. Mm. And if you're paddling a canoe, you better wait till it's going downstream. <laughs> Otherwise, you're paddling against a current. <laughs> So anyway, all that has to become part of the American history and public discussion. Yeah. They have to understand how important the Six Nation was mm -hmm. to everything, to everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we, we had this union that was so strong, that was recognized by Indian nations, was recognized. There were, these confederacies weren't just here. I mean, uh, the Sioux Nation, or they called the, the Lakota, Dakota, Dakota. Mm -hmm. There was seven, really, almost like us. Yeah. Never made one. Yeah, I wondered about that. Yeah, and not only that, but if you went a little further south, yeah, those coalitions were all over. Yeah. I mean, everybody had that. They had their speakers, and they had their unions. But it's a common... Mm -hmm. style of governance. Right. A peace traditions, too. They had to be peace Well, you know, this war, the idea of war, and the idea of, you know, of, of calling the so-called Iroquois warriors, you know, the killers, we have a bad reputation. Mm -hmm. And yet, our confederation is based on a tree of peace. Mm -hmm. yeah. How far away from the truth can you be? Mm -hmm. And what we were doing, exactly modifying everything and trying to keep, trying to keep some semblance of, of, of control and peace because we were being overrun by millions of people coming from across the sea. They're just overrunning us. And uh, you, impossible situation. Yeah. As soon as you start organizing around domination, though, even the natural world suffers. It all is a pyramid scheme, you know, hierarchy. Hmm. Once you start feeling you're in control or in well, charge of something. If your Christianity is based on the word dominion. Exactly. You know, what, what else yeah. is there? <laughs> That's right. Right. Dominion. Dominion. Yeah. And uh, that's, you know, Steve Newcomb just spent his whole life on that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which is that's right. Which is important. Yeah. You have to have somebody out there doing that kind of work to, to illustrate the lies of, of, uh, of the country. You know, the country's based on lies. You know, and I think of uh, troubadours, like, you know, great singers made, made up these songs about America, and, you know, with no knowledge of, of the reality of the, and the genocide, the first genocide, the real world genocide that took place where we figure it's, it's the level is up around 
16, 17 million people now are beginning to acknowledge. And when I was studying in school, I remember being told, oh, there was about a million people here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what they said, about a million people. Oh, my God. Oh, sure. In the whole, really? in the whole country. Yeah. I was a million people in Long Island. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, but where'd they go? Right. What happened? Where'd they go? 16 million people. I was their first real genocide. And you know, if you really get into the history of the Spanish and the slaughter that they did, hunted our people down with dogs, you know, fed fed the dogs human meat so they would hunt us down. I mean, those dogs were formidable. Yeah. Formidable. <laughs> relentless, dogs. relentless. Right. Dogs of war. Yeah, and you can't hide from them. They, know, they sniff you right out, especially if they're hungry. Mm. You know, mm. you know that that has to be talked about. Yeah. That has to be, well, that's a Christian church. It has to be acknowledged. That came under the Christian doctrine. Mm -hmm. So that's what, you know, what we say, the Christian doctrine of discovery. Because mm -hmm. it's Christian, Christianity. Definitely. The Muslims weren't here. Right. Mm -hmm. Can't blame it on the Muslim. It wasn't no. the Buddhists. The Buddhists were. Or the Hindu. <laughs> right. Christian. Yeah. Christianity. Well, that's that's they have got their own history. They've got a took their leader and killed him, right. hung him up on a cross. Jesus. And then blamed the Jews. Jesus. <laughs> then blamed the Jews. Right, right. Yeah. He was Jewish. Mm. Yeah, but now, now we have eight billion people in the world. Not enough water. Not enough land, and mm -hmm. certainly no equity. What they said they were going to do in 1775, make a union like ours, that would mean share. Our union was built on sharing. Mm. Everybody share. One bowl, one spoon. We even, we even had a treaty that said clearly, one bowl, one spoon. Everybody take a bite. That's what that's about. Is that one of them that came out of this lake? That is that one of the the yeah. Well, that the came, agreements that came out before. Yeah, that came out right after the, the uh, consolidation. Uh, you know, peacemaker bringing. How will we? How will we teach the people? Right. One bowl, one spoon. Mm -hmm. That was the first treaty. Mm -hmm. That's how we're going to teach the people. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we say to the people, okay, you make a union like ours, you got to share. Okay, we will. We'll share. But you got to buy a share. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you take a principle and flip it on its head and now you got to buy it? Yeah. <laughs> How do you take share and then you have to buy it? <laughs> I mean, 
or a shareholder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is so... Well, that's what colonialism does. It takes something precious and then manipulates it so they can... Flips it. Control. Control well, it's it. It's all about money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And money isn't going to be it. It's an illusion. You know. Well, it certainly is now because there's no nothing backing it up. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and look what happened to, what is it, the Bitcoin and all that, right? The, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a, you know, that took off like a rocket because people, oh. <laughs> Fantasy <laughs> game. Oh, they make our own money. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just that in a, in a short form. It's a, a shorthand of what was going on in a long hand. Mm-hmm. But it also illustrates, and uh, one of my friends in, in in Sweden who works on this issue all the time, and is probably one of the one of the probably most advanced thinker in the uh, in this issue of uh, what's happening today in terms of commerce. He's predicting uh, a complete um, failure, uh, financial disaster, financial collapse mm. over the next four years. Mm. Because there's there's nothing backing up the money. Mm-hmm. You just want more money, you just print it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> what what happened to the gold standard, you know? Right. Well, even that, you know, who decided gold was yeah. the standard, right? Well, that was the standard for discovery. Yeah. That was what came over on the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Yeah. Gold. Yeah. That's what it was all about. That's all they wonder. Oh, we're going to, first thing is that gold. Mm. You know, commerce, money, mm-hmm. they're driving crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they had really ransacked Africa mm-hmm. already. Yeah. They had already ransacked Africa. They were selling the people. That was their commerce. Mm-hmm. And England has a lot to answer for in that direction. Indeed. They're foundational to the slavery and everything else. Right. Sla- uh, yeah. Spain and Portugal, you know. The uh, 1493 papal bull was written uh, about six weeks after the the monarchs received Columbus's letter that he indeed found gold in the Americas. That quick a turnaround, that's when the 1493 papal bull was written. Well, it was was just flat out hegemony. Mm -hmm. Oh, another section? Here, I'm the of the Pope, and, and Christianity was in charge of countries. Mm-hmm. I mean, kings and queens paid fealty to the church. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And that's where England crown revolted. And the king said, oh, well, I'm good as anybody down there, so <laughs> let's have my Bible. Right, right. So he made a Bible. Right. right. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, <laughs> the foundation is, is in the heads of, of human beings it's so as weak. far as they're concerned. 
Right. But the reality is, foundations outside. Mm -hmm. If you don't, if you don't understand those laws and those rules, you're just flat gonna suffer the consequence. Period. There's no mercy out there. None. No. Nope. Mm -hmm. Just law. Just law. But if you don't connect to it, you're lost. It's just regenerative vitality of life. And that's what we all need to connect to is that because it keeps transforming and recreating. But these well, we're, we're given this great we're given this great option to continue. <laughs> and look what we've done. Terrible. No, I mean uh, it's hard, you know, uh, dealing with with uh, leaders from around the world now, especially in the. Uh, in the banking business. I won't use any names, but China, and Italy, Turkey, Sweden. Uh, these people are knowledgeable about the process, they're very wealthy, and uh, they know it's in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. And I think they're just beginning to realize how much in jeopardy it is and how uh, all-encompassing it is. Mm. There was always this uh, observation as if everything was happening to somebody over there. Right. Never to you. Somehow mm -hmm. you were over here watching everything happening over there. <laughs> Somehow. Right. But you know, the human population is like that frog in a, on the pan on the stove. Mm -hmm. Or swimming around, the water's heating up, you're getting used to it. It's getting hot now. You can start to cook. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and now, what's it take you to jump out of that? <laughs> I know. What's it going to take to jump out of that pan? You know, not a better jumper than a frog, you know. Right. But what's it going to take? Mm. And you're talking about greed now. <laughs> Flat out greed has, greed has taken over what that group that came to us in 17, we're going to make a union like yours, they said. Yeah. Well, if I was there, I would say, you make a union like ours, where's the women? Where's mm -hmm. 50% of your population here? You know, our union is based on the women. 1,600 years ago, women. Follow the women's side. We don't follow the men's side. That's sixteen hundred years ago. And why? Because women are life. They're in charge of water. Water's life. Men in charge of fire. Well, you know that water will put fire out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. But you know. It's just fundamental. So survival is going to be right back to what we said. 
1988, I got a, a request, a call from uh, trying to remember uh, a man in charge of uh, a church in New York we worked with so long. Oh, St. Patrick's? No. No, not St. Patrick's. No, though. Yeah. It was the, uh, well, that guy was really fundamental to us in getting involved. He's the one that invited us to the meeting in, in London to, uh, to join the uh, Parliamentary and Spiritual Leaders for Human Survival. Oh. Uh, he, was so, he was so famous and such a good friend of mine. I can't remember his name now, oh, wow. right now. But he was the one that... St. John the, the Divine, maybe. Yeah, St. John the Divine. He, he had elephants walking down. <laughs> 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 he had Indians with drums up there and burning stage on the side. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it was his downfall as leader, I think, up there. I think the church didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, he understood the relationship. And he said, you guys, come on over. And I said, I want to bring Thomas Banyaka, bring him. Hmm. And that was the, the meeting at presiding Mother Teresa was there. Mm. Wow. The Dalai Lama was there. Hmm. Uh, Vice President of the United States. Hmm. He was there. Senators were there. And uh, hmm. President Gorbachev. Wow. It's quite a group. You know, the, uh, the Sufis and and the leaders of, of the spiritual leaders from around the world mm. at this meeting. Mm. And uh, so we went. It was very interesting to me. But they were there uh, talking about human survival. Mm -hmm. Spiritual parliamentary leaders for human survival. Mm. And uh, and Gorbachev, <laughs> the leader. And so we, we met there and then we met again. And uh, we met in Moscow in 1990. And at that time, uh, the leader, one of the spiritual leaders from uh, Israel, see if, if uh, you know you guys held our people prisoners and so forth mm. and uh, they said yeah we'll help you so he was able to that was the style of leadership at the time wow. and uh, and Gorbachev was in discussion with the president of the United States at that time and they were working together they brought the wall down and uh Germany, mm. that wall came down, mm -hmm. and uh, they were in real coalition for world peace. 
and uh, as far out as that president, Reagan, he was working with Reagan, they were really moving towards a, a real world peace. And when Reagan's time went out and it was replaced by uh, the next president, Bush. Bush number one, mm -hmm. he never followed through. Mm. He dropped that. Mm. He dropped that. I have no understanding of why he did not follow up on that. Mm. Because if he did, we'd be in a so different situation today. Mm -hmm. But he didn't. Mm. And, that, and that really collapsed. Uh, all of the work that Gorbachev was doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were ready to hang him. I mean, he was, you know, physical danger by the country could execute him. Mm. Because, uh, you know, he said, said to me that you can't, this transition is going to take two generations, maybe three. Mm. Maybe four. It's not gonna, not gonna turn over overnight. But nobody had that longevity of thinking that he had. Right. You know, he understood. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then our side of it dropped the ball, big mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Why? I have no idea why. And then we were meeting in. Japan in 91, Circle of Elders, and uh, at that time we, <clears throat> I said to uh, Akio Matsumura, who was the executive director New People Around the World, I said, Akio, how long are we going to have a meeting without a conclusion? We need a conclusion. He said, yeah, I think so. Why don't we put it to the group? And the group, a very formidable group, was meeting two, three hundred people there. I don't know how many. Wow. But, you know, world leaders, all of them. Wow. Coalition. Put the question to them. Can we get a conclusion? Okay. Three days later, they had a conclusion. Out of all those meetings of four words, Four words. Value change for survival. If we don't change our values, we're not going to survive. Period. Right. There it is. How, how much clearer can you be? <laughs> mm -hmm. Value change for survival. Yeah. And we put that out. The next meeting, big meeting, was down in um, Brazil. And we were there. Hmm. And that was a whole discussion. It was a great meeting. It was a great meeting. That that had started in Sweden in '72. Wow. And then that meeting in Sweden in '72, Audrey Shenador was there. Mm -hmm. Our people were there mm -hmm. on that issue. Hmm. And that died. Mm. I got killed. The last meeting that we had, that I went to, 
was in uh, South Africa, and it was a battle just to get our voice on the issue. Mm. And if it wasn't for uh, one or two guys just hanging, because everybody, you know, those meetings are expensive. Yeah. And if you're there for two, three weeks, oh my God, that's a lot of money, and we never had money. And then uh, on top of that, we lost our um, our our leader that died at that time for the Klan, General Klan. Mm. That, that was Paul Waterman. Yeah. So I had to leave there and I had to come back. I had to leave yeah. that meeting mm. and go back for the funeral. And that left uh, uh, Robbie Romero. Robbie Romero was one of the few people who went there and hung in there to keep the Indian voice, the native voice, mm. on, the, on that issue. Mm. Because this was the, the meeting after the one in 92. Uh, mm. In Brazil. This was uh, 10 years later. Mm. Oh, 10 years. Yeah. And then so the tenor had changed now, and corporations and countries were reacting to this whole idea of democracy. Yeah. So we were involved in a lot of this. Yeah. We were right there. Yeah. I was there. I, it's, it's just remarkable just sitting here listening to you and hearing about this history and um, how ahead of the curve, <laughs> you know, how, you know, right around 92, 91, 92, there was this energy around, you know, an optimistic kind of energy that we hope that can happen again, you know, we hope that can be generated again. We're up to the brink now. You gotta, you something gotta has to change. You gotta do better than hope. Yeah. You gotta do better than hope. You gotta do it. I mean, it's not as if that's yeah. an option. Yeah. If you want to survive, then yeah, you better get to work. Yeah. Good. And, and you better. I th I think uh, Biden, present president, is open to a lot of stuff now mm. because there's this battle here in this country. Yeah. You know if. Uh, if if the Democrats lose, the, the country's gone. Yeah. Period. Mm -hmm. It's done. Yeah. I don't know. Well, when I brought the issue at, at the uh, at the meeting in Geneva, the Holy See was sitting down. I was up on a higher level of of the uh, uh, of the room we were, huge room we were meeting in, and the Holy See was about. Uh, eight or maybe nine members sitting in a row and they were all in their black uniforms. And when I got up and I spoke about the doctrine of discovery and about their their uh, participation in this whole thing, they turned around almost on a, on a pivot all at once, all the same, to see who was speaking. 
And I turned around and I looked and I stood there and I point my finger at him. I said, yes, you, you, trouble. Gave me a great opportunity to point them out because they have standing at the, at the uh, uh, United Nations, the church. Right. But so does the Anglican church. Mm. They oh. have standing as well. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. No, knew the Vatican did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they, they have standing as well. Mm. So we have, um, what I would say from my calculations, uh, 12, I always come up to 2034 for point of no return. If we don't change our direction fundamentally, mm -hmm. I'm talking about the whole world, change our direction and begin to work for the common good and seven generations instead of your own self. And the issue is not gold, the issue is survival of the species. Mm -hmm. If we don't approach that, if we don't deal with that, and we don't accomplish that change, then there's no there's no hope for the human species. Mm -hmm. It's going to go down, go down hard. How long it will take, and what it's going to look like, we have some uh, prophecies. And all I can say is, and I'm not going to get into that, all I can say is, it's not good. Mm -hmm. And then when that was presented, but on the other hand, when that was presented to this person 200 years ago or more, and this person was listening to all of this that's coming, he said, uh, well, What, what can be done? And the answer was, that's up to you. So in other words, the human population is in charge of its own fate. Mm -hmm. And we can turn and we can uh, change and we must if we're going to exist. So I think I think uh, all of this has to have some kind of consolidation and has to have uh, coordination and it's uh, it's. It's the positive force against the negative force, basically. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. And, and those two forces, positive and negative, uh, are in each one of us right down the middle. It's what you call a balance between the two. And if you're too negative, way over here, you know, 
you're just going to be bad, bad news all day. And if you're too positive over here, you're still going to be bad news. <laughs> so the whole thing is to keep a, a balance. And that's the tree of peace. And that's what our leaders were said. When you, when you feel the, not strong, you know, your back lean against the tree. That's your, that's your force. Mm. That's your strength. Mm. That's your, that's your spine. And that's, uh, that's an option every day. Wow. So here we are. <laughs> Thank you so much, Warren, for, you know, speaking with us today. That pretty much wraps it's a great it up. way to there's to not much more to say yeah after that clearly great so thank well, you well all i say is uh get the best out of the day <laughs> get the best out of the day you know enjoy the day <laughs> you know if you try to carry that weight that i'm just talking about on your mind every day, you're not going to last. You have to take every day at its time, keep a good mind, enjoy the day, but stay on track. Don't be this way, don't be that way. <laughs> don't be a pain. Yeah. Okay. The producers of this podcast were Adam DJ Brett and Jordan Brady Love. Our intro and outro is Social Dancing Music by Oris Edwards and Regis Cooks. This podcast is produced in collaboration with the Henry Luce Foundation, Syracuse University Department of Religion, and the Indigenous Values Initiative.